0: Hello, and welcome to Assurity's new podcast, Focus on Voluntary Benefits. In this series, we've partnered with Eastbridge Consulting Group to discuss the state of the voluntary benefits industry, as well as strategies brokers can use to grow their business in today's market. I'm your host, Matt. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Ginger Bates. As Eastbridge Director of Research Services, Ginger manages and implements projects designed to help the voluntary market further its growth. She also works one-on-one with clients in research that helps them enhance their marketing strategies, products, and processes. Ginger, it is great to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, as you know, today we're going to be discussing the power of generational demographics and how they can impact the voluntary benefit strategies that brokers use. To get started... How can an awareness and an understanding of generational demographics help a broker guide an employer when deciding what products they should offer to meet the needs of that employer's workforce?
1: Well, um, let's start with um, defining sort of what a generation is. A generation, by definition, is a group of people born within a certain time frame that have experienced key historical events that, you know, have shaped their lives. So they have a lot in common But at the same time, the individuals that make up a generation are also very diverse uh, in regard to what is going on in their lives, and that impacts their specific needs and purchase behaviors. So with all that in mind, I would say that generational demographics is a good place to start in terms of understanding general trends and preferences, but when it comes to better understanding benefit needs and purchasing decisions, we need to delve a little bit deeper. For instance, um, a millennial who is married with children is going to make far different benefit decisions than a fellow millennial who's 10 years younger and single. Or a Gen Xer who makes 60000 and is married but with no kids at home is going to have different needs than a, a fellow Gen Xer who makes $150,000 and is remarried with a second family. So I guess what I'm saying is that while overall generational demographics can be helpful, drilling down even further to look at the multiple demographic layers, particularly income, marital status, and children under 18 living at home is key. So I think knowing the makeup of the account at this more detailed level can help a broker plan uh, for the types of products as well as the way uh, to approach education and enrollment.
0: Yeah, and I think you bring up a, a really good point there in that it's uh, pretty easy to put everybody in a generation into the same bucket and make assumptions about one age group or another and how they feel. But that can be a dangerous thing to do. Would you mind going into uh, why that can be a uh, a dangerous assumption for a broker or employer to make? And can you possibly highlight some common assumptions or misconceptions about certain generations that your data has uh, proved incorrect?
1: One that immediately comes to mind is the role of technology in the enrollment process. From a generational standpoint, standpoint, we might expect boomers and Gen Xers to be less tech-savvy and more interested in talking to someone to enroll versus using a self-service enrollment method, for instance. But based on our data, that really doesn't pan out. Um, boomers have the highest percentage preference uh, for enrolling online via a self-service method, and that's followed by Gen Xers and then millennials. So, Um, Boomers also express less interest in enrolling uh, with a representative or on the phone with an enroller than do Gen Xers and Millennials. So that's a little bit, you know, maybe different from what we might assume. Another assumption might be that boomers um, might not own voluntary products as frequently as Gen Xers or Millennials, but when looking at the percentage of uh, people that own at least one voluntary product across generations the percentages of ownership are essentially the same, around 44%. So, those are just a couple of examples.
0: Yeah, wow, and I think those are really good to highlight uh, just how our assumptions might be uh, incorrect. I certainly wouldn't have uh, have guessed that that's how those, those demographics would pan out, but there we go. Now, I'm sure most people wouldn't be surprised to hear that there are uh, differences in how the various generations view insurance and voluntary products, and certainly if you're out selling them. Uh, That's something that you're going to see all the time. But are there instances where the various generations are surprisingly similar or aligned and and you don't see as many differences here?
1: Well, in our employee survey, we asked each respondent to place a value on various types of, of coverage on a scale of one to five, with one being least important and five being most important. So regardless of generation, all employees, rate the importance of benefits such as medical, dental, prescription drug, and vision pretty equally. And while there are some differences in the importance ratings for other products such as critical illness, accident, or hospital indemnity, they really aren't as far apart as you might think. In addition, when asked about the reasons they purchase voluntary products, the top three reasons are the same across generations. Reasonable cost for the coverage, the products purchased fill a need and the products purchased help fill gaps in their primary medical coverage. So it's it's also important to note that when employees who don't currently own a particular product are asked if they are interested in purchasing that product on a voluntary basis, there is strong interest in many different types of products, regardless of generation. So the interest is there, the reasons for purchase, and the importance that they place on it. Is on benefits um, and having benefits, good benefits, and a variety of benefits um, does not differ by generation. Every every employee rates those pretty consistently.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely good to know as well. In that you know, no matter what generation uh, somebody belongs to, that need for voluntary benefits is still there. It's still something that people are looking for. Now, despite the fact that uh, the need for voluntary might be similar across generations, who generations purchase from uh, is different, at least in uh, sureties experience. We've noticed, perhaps, a, uh, a swing toward the mission and values of a company having more importance uh, among younger generations and who they're buying from. So would you say that, that your data agrees with that or not? Is a company's mission and values more important to younger generations in terms of influencing their behavior?
1: I don't know that I would say it's more important. I I, I would acknowledge that it certainly is important and may be viewed a little bit differently from generation to generation. But when we ask about the reasons for purchasing voluntary products, in addition to what I mentioned earlier, the cost, uh, reasonable cost, need, and convenience, we also ask about the importance of the reputation of the company for service and claims payment and the importance of the name of the company being well known. And both were rated as either somewhat important, important, or very important by over 80% of employees regardless of generation. So I think it is something that there may be some, some differences in, in how uh, those generations may evaluate that. But overall, when we ask about the reputation of the company and uh, the importance of that, it was consistently rated as important by them, uh, regardless of which generation they reside in.
0: Interesting, so it isn't just these younger generations and uh, no matter what generation people belong to they they still want to see these uh, positive aspects to the the companies they're buying from.
1: right and and you know one of the, one of the things that we did ask um, is the importance of a reputation of the company for service and claims payment. Um, obviously you know, that doesn't necessarily speak to what you're talking about as far as the mission and values, but it does in some ways because it speaks to um, the integrity of the company to provide for them what they've purchased at at their time of need. So, you know, it is a little bit different from we didn't ask them specifically about mission and values, but if you look at it, um, that really expresses those mission and values in a different way.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, breaking down voluntary products by age group, are there certain products that uh, different age groups own more? Um, And do they have different reasons for buying them?
1: Well, I would say that boomers are most likely to own permanent life, a whole or universal life product, prescription drug, uh, vision, accident, or term life on a voluntary basis, okay? Gen Xers are most likely to own term or polar universal life, so a life product, uh, followed by a short-term disability and accident. Millennials are most likely to own voluntary term or whole life, again, similar uh, to the other generations, but with accident, vision, or dental. So as you can see, there's some differences, but there's also commonalities there. Life insurance, both term and permanent, is owned at similar rates across generations. Um, Accident insurance is also commonly owned uh, across those three generations. Um, As for the reasons for buying voluntary coverages, the top reasons remain the same. The reasonable cost, uh, filling existing personal needs, and and bridging potential gaps um, in existing coverage. But there are a few differences by generation that are notable. Both Gen Xers and Millennials give higher importance ratings than Boomers in regard to the convenience of purchasing at work. An employer's endorsement of the products offered, and the influence of friends, family, or coworkers in the purchase process. So, um, again, the main reasons for purchasing are the same, but there are some differences uh, among generations you know, that are interesting.
0: Yeah. Now, anecdotally, we've seen uh, perhaps older employees tend to purchase more voluntary products through their employer. Is this something that your data supports or not?
1: The percentage of employees that own at least one voluntary product for their employers is essentially the same uh, for boomers, Gen Xers, and millennials. However, there is an important difference. It's important to note that boomers are more likely to only own one voluntary product so and are less likely to own four or more voluntary products compared to Gen Xers and millennials. So with that, you know, they're more likely to own one, whereas the younger uh, generations um, are more likely to own multiple uh, voluntary products.
0: So interesting. The data seems to show the opposite, then, that, uh, that younger generations are, are more apt to purchase more products. Yes. So in, in terms of what these products uh, include, one thing that we hear a lot about is portability. Uh, is there one generation or another that places more importance on the portability of their voluntary coverage?
1: Well, the importance of portability to employees is not something we have any direct data about, but we do know um, that all generations rate the importance of the various products very similarly, like I mentioned before, and you know, when we ask in general how important are these products to you, they rate them uh you know very similarly. Um, with that in mind, I think we can say that if an employee rates having a particular type of coverage is important, then being able to keep that coverage if they change jobs would also be important to them. One other thought, we do know that life products tend to be ported more than uh, more often than other products, especially UL and whole life. So the fact that life products are some of the most frequently owned voluntary coverages, regardless of generation, would be yeah, you know, also could be an indicator that portability is important to all employees.
0: And I think that's good to keep in mind that uh, satisfaction and the desire to, to port a product are uh, very closely tied often, um, and that's something something very important to to remember.
1: Well, their satisfaction and their value, uh, the value that they place on it, um, is is very, I think, directly related.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned earlier uh, in terms of of satisfaction that some some generations would like uh, in-person enrollment, some want uh, virtual enrollments, but enrollment satisfaction is going to be you know really key in determining participation and determining uh, just how good an enrollment is. Can you talk a little bit about how some generations differ in their enrollment satisfaction generally?
1: Sure. Um, well, when we we ask about overall satisfaction with the voluntary enrollment experience, it so it's very similar across generation. About 71% of employees are satisfied or completely satisfied with their voluntary enrollment experience, which is, is pretty high. But if you break down the enrollment process, uh, the enrollment experiences that employees get the highest satisfaction ratings for are the application process was simple and straightforward. They felt that their needs were identified. And during the enrollment process, they felt like um, they received adequate information support and advice to make their decision. So when we look at the data by generation, Boomer's satisfaction levels for the technology used in the buying process, you know, feeling that it was helpful, is slightly lower than Gen Xers and Millennials. So that's an interesting difference. And Gen Xers and Millennials had lower satisfaction ratings for the benefits were easy to understand. So I think the takeaway from all this is that most employees are generally satisfied with their enrollment experience no matter the method that they use to enroll. However, keeping the process simple, informative, and easy to use is, is key uh, no matter who you're speaking with. And the lower satisfaction ratings for ease of use for technology by boomers and understanding the benefits by millennials and Gen Xers certainly gives a broker some additional ammunition when working with an employer to make sure um, that the enrollment process is multifaceted. So that they're touching those people in many different ways and in, through many different channels, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and reaching these, these uh, employees through different channels is, is incredibly important. Especially, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, benefits enrollment and these communication methods, specifically the preferences and the timing that employees will have on them. Uh, how might a broker vary the use or the timing of these various methods to be more effective when targeting different generational demographics? Is there, are there certain ways that certain generations want to be contacted and communicated with?
1: Well, we asked... Have- First, you know, what communication methods are used uh, most frequently by employers? And then we also asked which are most helpful. <laughs> so um, let me just kind of go through that and hopefully we can answer your question that way. So the most frequently used communication methods um, by employers to introduce voluntary benefits to their employees are email and newsletters, printed materials provided at work. Uh, the employer's website, group meetings, and printed materials sent by the employer to the employee's home. So we provided them a long list of things that they could check that were used by employers. So you can see by that list that there's a variety that the employer of, of ways that the employer is communicating uh, to their employees, which is important for a broker to to note and to assist with. But when asked, when the communication methods Uh, you know, which communication methods were most helpful, the top five just listed were also listed as the most helpful, regardless of generation. So I think the important takeaway from this data is not that the brokers need to target specific types of communications for employees in a particular generation. The key takeaway is that most employers use multiple ways to communicate to their employees, and most employees value having multiple sources of information, regardless of their age or generation. So brokers need to make sure they have a variety of communication messages and methods ready and available for the employer to use before, during, and after the enrollment process. So multiple uh, methods of communication, multiple touches uh, before, during, and after the enrollment process is always valued across the board.
0: I think it's great that we're seeing a lot more similarities across generations than we are differences. Now, we've taken a little bit of a look at the Eastbridge data uh, around uh, enrollments, and uh, it shows that around a quarter of all demographics uh, that you surveyed uh, would prefer to enroll with a sales representative. So how can a broker use this uh, and other data to secure the most favorable enrollment conditions for a group? Well,
1: when we think about enrollment, there are really two components of an enrollment. The first is learning about the benefits and then actually signing up for them. <laughs> uh, so those two things can be looked at separately. And while a lot of people prefer to sign up for their benefits through an online or digital process, I think some still really want to meet with, talk to, or Zoom uh, as we do now with someone uh, to better be educated about their choices before they actually do the signing up process. So. In the survey, we actually asked them two questions about enrollment. What method did you use in your most recent benefits enrollment? And then uh, which method they would prefer to use in the future. The 25% was the average overall of employees that had used a method that involved either meeting in person or on the phone with an enroller or a sales representative. So interestingly, both Gen Xers and Millennials both had a higher usage of in-person methods for their most recent enrollment, 29% compared to the 25% for the overall group. But all three generations showed greater interest in an in-person enrollment method for the future, with the largest increases in the area of interacting with the sales rep. There are two facets to that, either via a computer with the sales rep, or walking you through the enrollment process or uh, with a sales rep walking you through a paper process. But with all that said, the majority of employees still say they prefer to enroll on their own with about half preferring an online enrollment process. So we have to acknowledge that. And that is going to increase, I think, this fall as the pandemic continues. But we all know that even if we say we prefer to enroll online on our own, most people also want to have a place to go with any questions that might come up. So employers appreciate, um, I think, creative solutions that meet the needs of their employees. So you know, if I had to recommend something for a broker, cra- crafting a hybrid scenario that includes some type of group meeting and or a live call center line for education and questions in addition to ultimately enrolling the line can really create a win-win for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's important to keep in mind, uh, is that even when employees prefer to enroll uh, by by themselves, that that education aspect and that communication surrounding it is, is going to be even perhaps more key.
1: Well, and with the, you know, um, interesting times that we're in and the differences and the changes that, you know, are likely to occur in terms of perhaps reduced group meetings and those types of things, we have to really figure out some creative solutions to meet. All of those needs, but it is important always to remind an employer that their employees do really want to be able to speak to someone if they have questions.
0: Definitely. So, what are some other takeaways that, that brokers can use and keep in mind as they create voluntary benefit strategies for their clients uh, going into year-end enrollments?
1: Well. I was thinking of a few kind of overarching themes that I would stress to brokers when it comes to preparing for enrollments for the fall of 2020. First, be flexible and provide options. You need to be able to offer multiple messages uh, and communication methods for employers to use, and the same applies to offering multiple enrollment methods. If you don't have the capability to provide live support via phone, I would suggest looking into it. Um, If you don't currently have an online platform to offer to those smaller employers who don't have their own, you need to find one to include in your offering. Um, Second thought is to keep it simple. Make sure the benefits needs assessment tool used in the enrollment process uh, begins with assessing those three key demographics that drive purchases that we talked about earlier. Income level, marital status, and children under 18 in the household. In addition, always keep in mind that the main reasons uh, employees say they purchase voluntary products, reasonable cost, product fills a particular need, or the product bridges an existing gap, um, those are key to keep in mind as well as you do that assessment. And, you know, that all may seem very obvious in elementary, but with fewer in-person opportunities available and compressed enrollment timeframes likely uh, in the near future, you really need to concentrate on the basics. I thought. Um, and then finally, just be willing to offer new products and benefit solutions. In every survey we do with employees, significant numbers consistently say that they are interested in purchasing a large variety of additional benefits and are willing to pay for them on a voluntary basis. So in the 2019 survey, about 30% of the employees who do not currently own cancer, critical illness, identity theft, pet insurance or hospital indemnity say that they are interested in buying these types of coverages on a voluntary basis. There's also a growing interest from both employees and employers to offer Other non-traditional benefits such as financial wellness tools and education, mental health benefits, payroll loans, discount programs for things like grocery delivery, workout apps, all those kinds of things. So be sure to communicate that strong employee level interest in voluntary products to your clients. Those are my thoughts, um, sort of what they need to think about as they prepare for fall of 2020.
0: Definitely, and I think brokers keeping all those in mind will uh, absolutely help them to succeed in their upcoming enrollments. Is there anything else, Ginger, that you'd like to add for our listeners?
1: I don't think so, but uh, I think I would just encourage the brokers out there to be, as I've mentioned, be creative, be responsive. They, again, uh, keep it simple, uh, as I mentioned, and focus on providing those solutions for uh, the employers, and help them work through uh, what will be a difficult, you know more difficult situation than usual.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ginger. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and getting your insights on uh, what brokers can do to help boost their enrollments this uh, this this fall and uh, and to to help bolster their strategies.
1: Okay, Thank you for having me.
0: And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Assurity's Focus on Voluntary Benefits. If you'd like to learn more about Assurity and our voluntary products, visit assurity.com. You can also email us at podcast at and we'll be happy to connect you with the sales team in your region. If you'd like to learn more about Eastbridge Consulting and their research, you can visit them at eastbridge.com. Thanks for listening. For use only, not for use with the general public, not for use in New York. Assurity is a marketing name for the mutual holding company Assurity Group Incorporated and its subsidiaries. The subsidiaries include, but are not limited to, Assurity Life Insurance Company and Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York. Insurance products and services are offered by Assurity Life Insurance Company in all states except New York. In New York, insurance products and services are offered by Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York, Albany, New York. Product availability, features and rates may vary by state.